Before you can create a healthy relationship with others, you first have to create a healthy relationship with yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Janie is a nationally respected psychotherapist, and on this show, she and her featured guests will help you discover and break patterns in your life that can contribute to self-sabotage and unhealthy relationships. Now, here is Dr. Janie Lacey. Dreaming is the way we define what matters to us and what we wish to accomplish and do in this world with this one life. There comes a day when each of us has to decide that today is the day we are going to put our fears and excuses aside, follow our heart's desire, and pursue our dreams. Let today be that day for you. Our guest here today is to help you do exactly that. Forbes Raleigh is one of the today's most accomplished entrepreneurs, a highly sought-after spokesperson, motivational keynote speaker, and the CEO of Spin Gym. She's hosted over 180 infomercials, launched the original ESPN X Games, and had two national talk shows, and over 25 years of marketing products on her home shopping channels worldwide. Crowned as a $2.5 billion TV host, she was determined to reach her goals through dedication, never-ending passion, and hard work she has. Her mantra is to dream it, believe it, and achieve it. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the show Forbes Riley. What a lovely intro. I want to be here when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good old beautiful Forbes, you know, for those who are not familiar with the spin gym, tell us what it is and how has it changed your, your life? Oh my gosh. Well, that's an interesting conversation. <laughs> right, I didn't to launch right into that. So uh, give me the purple one, if you would. So spin gym, if you don't know what this is, I'm actually actually setting up a little bit so I can also record you over here. Absolutely. Uh, could you just hang the, uh, somehow give me a little something here? No, give me this right here. All right, there you go. That would look very nice. Okay, so spin gym, and you don't have one, you need one. Everybody I do, needs I do. So uh, I'm in the health and fitness industry. I was uh, 32 years old when I had a resistance band slip off my foot and shatter my nose. And I was never all that fit. I, I was a dancer, <clears throat> used to work out all the time, but I didn't understand food. Did you understand food when you were a kid? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, my mom was 260 pounds my entire life. And so for me, when I discovered this and created this whole concept of spin gym, what this is, is it looks like it's a resistance band, but it's not. It's actually a strength cord. And because every time you spin it, it spins at 132,000 RPM, which means when it fires, it fires your arms all the way through here and out the other side. And it's the most amazing thing ever to actually like fire all the muscles in your body. You've never tried anything like this. And so I set on a journey about 10 years ago to make this a thing that people use because before that it was an old ancient Chinese toy. And if you look on my, my YouTube channels, you'll see Pedro who has no arms. He has spin gymming. You'll see Matt Gray in a wheelchair. You'll see Christina who's got cerebral palsy. And you'll realize that even Mary who's lost 168 pounds using this thing is that it's one of the only products you can do sitting here in a zoom box. And I'll tell you what, in about 30 seconds, I just got all warm and imagine if that's all that you needed to do. Well, how can we get one? Oh, well, there you go. Uh, that's one of the <laughs> nicest questions. You know what? Go to shop Spin Gym or shop Forbes Riley. Both of them will take you to my store. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time on home shopping. And I've sold a little over two and a half million of these things. And it, I think what's most important is the story of Spin Gym is that it's about an entrepreneur who had no idea how to run a business. 
had no idea how to do manufacturing, had no idea how to do inventory or any of the things. What I knew is that I've been selling fitness products on TV my entire life. Uh, in the early, my early 20s, when cable TV had first come out, I ran into a man named Jake, Body by Jake. And he had a vision of a 24-hour network based on health. And he called it the Cable Health Club. And then it became Fit TV. Now, what's pretty funny, Dr. Janie, is that I, the audition for this was nothing to do with fitness. It was a pen on a desk and said, sell me this pen. I don't sell things. I'm an actress. And so I looked at that and thought, hmm, okay. Well, you know, it's funny. My mom used to write me longhand notes when I was in college. And she kept, like in purple ink, I kept all of them, like two and a half inches thick. And I realized that a pen like this can reach out and touch somebody's heart. Hmm. Well, Jake comes out from behind the camera, grabs my face, you're going to make me a lot of money. I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? What he knew about me that I didn't is I have a very unique ability to pitch things. And what that means is I can talk about something and you want it, whatever it is. I then went on to pitch 1,500 different fitness products over the course of five years and launched an entire industry about health and wellness products. And it wasn't until recently, though, that I thought enough about myself to actually put my name on one of them. And so even though I've sold two and a half billion dollars of other people's products from the juicer to the slam man, to the bike, to the ab, this, to the core of that, uh, I finally now have something that is hundred percent mine, my philosophy. And I'm actually in the national fitness hall of fame. How crazy Look is that? Right? that. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it has its perks. I'm sure it does. Well, then you just mentioned that you don't like to sell, but you will pitch companies better than their own CEOs. I mean, what's the difference? Oh my gosh. Well, I think pitching is life. I, you pitched me to be on your show today. You, we, you pitched Voice America to put your show on their platform. I pitched a lot of people to go to the restaurant I want or to get one of these or to, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And so I believe firmly that if you can articulate what you want, and I now teach this aside from Spingen, which I love that my company, but I have a whole other side of my life. And that is teaching everyone to get what they want. Uh, I find so many times when I talk to men and women, they think they have an idea and it doesn't amount to anything or they're not specific. And I actually analyzed about how successful my companies have been and said, wow, what, is, what are other people not seeing? And there's all these pitches. Oh, let me show you my pitch. Hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm this and I'm that. I don't know what that is. I've done 192 infomercials. I never sounded like that. Uh, I've been on home shopping for 30 years. I never sounded like that. And so what does it mean to get what you want? So Dr. Lacey, I'll ask you a question. What do you do? So I help people heal from mental health, relationship trauma, toxic relationships, so they can thrive in their business, love, and life. Okay. So that makes you a very good pitcher. Most people in your position would say, I'm a doctor of something, right? Mm. But you didn't. You actually articulated how you help the people listening to you. And if you dug one step further in your introduction, even of yourself, I would really want what you have. Because why do people want to come to you? They want to heal. Okay. From what? From trauma, mental health, depression, anxiety, uh, toxic marriages. Um, okay. And so the next question I would say to you, so in my world, as I teach what pitching is, that is the problem they have, but that isn't the hub. The hub is what do you actually offer them? Do you offer them one-on-one -on -one counseling? Is it Zoom? Is it how do you do what you do? Right. So they want to feel better. So it'll be group counseling, individual counseling, trauma therapy. So we'll give them, they have the headache. We want to give them the medicine. Okay. And then the next question that I would ask you in my world is why you? Why me? Because why do you do this? 
not only my experience, but I have the training. I teach other therapists and I know what works. Okay. So that's nice. That's a typical answer that any therapist could give. And this is where I dig. And this is what makes pitching when I do it very different. Let's go back to a springboard story. Why does Janie do this? Why did you even go into this field? What was it about your upbringing that made you think this was interesting? Yep. And you and I had a little bit of this conversation in Clubhouse. But, you know, a couple of things, but I'll get to to the heart of it, is growing up in a family where when my sister was murdered when I was 10 years old, she was in a toxic relationship. We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about the trauma. We didn't talk about anything, but yet we all were affected by it. So when I look back and tying that story all the way to who I'm in now is I want I want to be able to help my family, so to speak. Right. Um, so I will tell you what you have is what I call like the perfect scenario to do what you do. And very often, and and I like how I do what I do because it gives people who've gone through real pain a reason for existing. Mm. So what a lot of people say to me, Janie, is they'll go, well, I I had something really bad happen to me when I was a child. Yeah, no. My sister was murdered when I was 10 years old as a result of a toxic relationship. And that set me on a path to discover my mission. Well, all of a sudden, Janie, you now are the person to talk to because you really get it. As opposed to every other doctor in your world who said, oh, I do group coaching to get you over trauma. Yeah, do you see how when you layer in a little bit of your springboard that I can't stop listening to you? That's a pitch. And when and I... Most people, yeah, most people never say, go there. And, and I saw you in action. So when I um, jumped into one of your rooms, I don't know, it was weeks ago on um, Clubhouse, it was just so amazing how you know, you can sell people's story better than them, but trying to teach them. And I think you were calling the, the room, the art of pitching. So I think a lot of times, which is why I had asked you, a lot of times we get this in our mind that we have to sell people. And I'm so glad that you were able to share us that there truly is a, it's a difference because I think when we shift that mindset, it makes a, a whole lot, it makes a big difference. Oh, it's a massive difference. And not only is a massive difference in that no one likes to sell or be sold. Um, but when you get the confidence about enrollment that I get, you become unstoppable. And it doesn't matter to me what you do. If you can articulate it the way I'm going to teach you to do it. And I created a five-step system and I call it the relatability, the springboard story, assumptions, the hub, and the grid. And I break it down to whatever. Let me show you something before we even go into that. Pick something household up off of your desk, whatever it would be. Pick up an item up. And I want you guys, what is that? And why don't you sell me the water? Well, this water will be a good hydrate your skin. 80% of our body is made up of water. Um, it helps you not be um, as hungry for carbs, as hungry for sugar, um, makes you feel better. Okay. <laughs> so as now, here's the difference between you and I. As you were doing that, though, there wasn't a real desire to get someone to want it as much as you were just talking about it. It does this and it does that and it does this. When I pitch water... I would simply say, you know, it's a funny thing about water, but I keep this glass right here. And you know why? Because I, like you, are sitting on a Zoom call all day. And there was a while ago where I forgot to drink water and I ended up in the hospital with a kidney stone and almost died because it went septic. And it finally hit home that this water is not a joke. It's not a fun thing. It is that your body is 80% water. And by the time you're thirsty, your body is already dehydrated. And if you're a little bit older, like I'm getting, and you want to not only maintain how beautiful your skin and hair is, but your actual health, this is essential. It's not even an argument. So I'm going to suggest that you not only you get this one, but that you get one every hour. 
And so I created a gravity, a specificity about why you, and you want it now, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And this is the big difference. When you, as an entrepreneur, have a new idea, you can't wait to tell everybody they need it. Oh my God, you need this new thing, this new tripod that I got. You need this new pen that I found. You need, you need, you need, you need. No, you don't need anything. You don't need a spin gym. But Dr. Lacey, pick your arm up like this. Pick your arm up at a 90 degree angle and touch the bottom of your arm. You know, touch it as if that's, if that's nice and hard, you might not want this, but I'll tell you what, summer's coming, bathing suit's coming, and five <laughs> minutes a day will give you the sexiest toned upper arm you have ever seen. Tell me you want a spin gym. I want a spin gym. I want three of them. (laughs) One in every color, one for the office, one for the car, one for the bedroom when I get up in the morning. And so what I did was create a want in you and then I become the solution. And I find when people understand this, what happens is I get people going, oh, I, I hate selling. I hate cold calling. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go out and talk about my product. I can't wait to go out and talk about what I'm up to because I get such a great response. And then I show people, If you speak less, you have a greater impact. Hmm. And so listen to people talk, especially on Clubhouse. Once they get the microphone, they don't want to give it up. And they and, 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 and your nose, and I don't, and all that they say, filler words. And none of that's interesting to me. So with Spingem, I found out after doing a lot of sales one way, where I would get people to use it and be at a convention, I'd spend 10 minutes showing them how to do it. They'd walk away. I said, well, that's not working. So finally, I distilled what I think is the craziest perfect pitch ever. I walk up to you, Janie, wherever you are, whether you're in a bathroom, a sauna, on an airplane, I'm going to say this to you. Would you like to see something cool? What are you going to say? Absolutely. Sure. Right. That's the first line of my pitch. I got you to say yes. You don't even know why you said yes, right? Now I say, (laughs) give me your thumbs. Put your thumbs right up there. Now you put your thumbs up. I can't even touch you, but you did it anyway. So I say, want to see something cool? Give me your thumbs. I put this on their thumbs and I will start to spin and I will count from 10, nine, eight, all the way down to one. And then I will get them to put it on their heart and punch for 10, nine, all the way down to one. And then I'll take it away. Do you know what I just did to somebody? Within about 90 seconds, as soon as you take it away from them, they want to do the other side because we're as humans, we like to be balanced. Mm. Nine out of 10 times with that dialogue, I didn't say who I am. I didn't say what spin gym is or even does. But I will get them to go, whoa, how do I get one of those? Mm. Wait a second. Your pitch was, you want to see something cool? Give me your thumbs 10 to 1, 10 to 1, and take it away? Yeah, that is the essence of a perfect pitch. So, Janie, when you're talking about what you do and you get on Clubhouse, rather than say all the things you do, you say, you know, as someone who suffered the most horrific thing you could possibly imagine, and think about it, how horrific would it be to lose a family member, not to a car accident, but to murder? That set me on a path of discovery that people deal with trauma when they're adults that debilitate them, that keep them from their future because they're stuck in their past. And I made it my life's mission to hold group coaching and private counseling to help people stop suffering. That's a pitch. So what you demonstrated, like with the water here, I was trying to sell the water and you told the story of the benefit of the water. Yep. Because what I discovered, and it's not I'm the only one who's discovered, I just do it well, is that it isn't the thing that sells. Nobody wants the thing. In fact, you don't even buy a car for the thing. You buy it because of how it makes you feel. And the funny thing about cars, because I'm looking at new cars right now, I want the right color. I want the right shape. I want the seats. My, my husband's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, because it's got to feel like, like I want to feel like groovy and cool. And, and if it's not all aligned right, he's like, that's not the car. I'm like, yes, it is for me. 
And if it's not the right color, I don't want it. I don't want a red car. I want a white car. And he's like, no, but it's got this engine in this. I said, that makes you feel cool because you know about those things. And so a salesman, when he sees either one of us approach, would be very wise to go, hmm, maybe men and women buy cars for different reasons. So when you start telling me all the things that it's got a souped up V8 end, whatever it's got, or jet tires, I'm like, I don't care. And I'm allowed not to care. And you need to understand that women don't really care about those things unless they're a special kind of woman. So I would, if I were a car salesman, I was just doing this exercise today with a car company. I would ask them what kind of car they've driven before. Before I say anything about, they always like, oh, you're in the market for a new car? I wouldn't start there. I'd say, you know, you look like a wonderful person. What kind of car do you drive? Oh, really? And does that make you feel like you want to feel? Well, you know, it's a soccer mom car and I'm looking to be a little sporty. How much information did you just get there? By Remember, I said there are four parts, and one of them is called the assumption. Who are you talking to? So I did a pitch class today in Clubhouse, and sure enough, people get on, and they just start pitching. Uh, one of the gentlemen was in IT, and he's like, so we, you know, we do software programs for entrepreneurs who do blah, 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 like, and I had to interrupt him and say, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. I, I, don't, I can't even start to hear the words because there's so many of them. Like, what do you want from me? He said, well, you know, we help entrepreneurs create better CRMs. I said, okay. I said, you know, you have a bunch of entrepreneurs on the call right now. Why don't you just talk to us hmm. and be very human and go, hey, guys, you know, if you're in Forbes' room, you probably want to learn how to pitch. Well, I'll tell you what, when you get lots of customers because of her pitch, you got to figure out how to organize them. And that's what I offer. Oh, now I know what you're saying. So I would advise everyone to stop talking and to start communicating. Stop talking and start communicating. So with all the classes that you have and thousands of people that you work with through over the years, Forbes, what are some of the keys that you use in helping your clients break free from their limited beliefs? Because part of what I'm hearing is that it's also our belief system that gets into the way of how we speak and how we communicate. Well, now you are a very good detective, my girl. All right. So that's exactly what we do. In fact, I do classes. I teach a pitch class tonight. I'm teaching it for two hours, a little introductory class. And then I have a couple of other classes. One of them that I love is called OPP, how you leverage other people's platforms, how people can for free, literally from podcasts to other environments, get their message out. But this breakthrough thing, and I don't know when you need to take a break yourself um, in terms of how many segments we're going to be doing, but breakthrough this is a thing that actually in your world is a little bit synergistic because I also went through some massive trauma growing up. Uh, a dad who was in the hospital for three years in my high school, uh, had a, caught his hand in a printing press, had 15 surgeries, very traumatic on our family. I went through the murder of, of a little boy that I raised for 12 years. I am eyewitness to the Las Vegas shooting at the Mandalay Bay, uh, the concert. I was the one who videotaped it all on my iPhone. So I've been through a fair amount of like, oh, those are kind of intense. But lucky enough, in my early 30s, I went through a breakthrough training. There are techniques that I ascribe to. I ascribe to how your brain communicates to your mouth from NLP. I love the fact that your brain stores memories in all different ways, that you can light them up and you can change them. Like, uh, and these are my philosophies, but that I think that your brain is a lot like a computer screen. So if I say high school to you, you bring up what? A bunch of files, mm -hmm. photos and videos and documents. And do you know, you can take those files like on a computer screen and put one file behind another. 
So if you want to stop seeing something, you might want to take the trauma and put it behind a file that's much more memorable or much more pleasant. But I also think that there's a hard drive about how your system works. So I'm going to ask you a question. You were 10 years old when your sister was murdered? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was a husband, boyfriend? It was her boyfriend, her father for children. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry that that happened. Uh, It's, but it also, you know, allows you to understand what life is. We did this this weekend. Um, Cindy, one of her, her sister was killed in a car crash when she was 19. It's been 20 years. And you could see it in her face that she's still angry. And this is a very hard thing for a teacher to say that you're angry at your dead sister for dying. Mm-hmm. Really? And it's exactly what happened. She went from realizing that there were two things. That one, when she was six years old, she was mad that her sister showed up in the first place. And then she was mad that this girl left her. Mm-hmm. And she went through that to realize that she was holding this resentment and anger. And then when she fired the neurons and said some of the words that we say, she came through to the other side to realize how much she loves her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because her dying kept her from ever trusting anybody or really loving again. This is what we got into the weekend with. And she's in her 50s and she said, I don't have children. I don't want to get married because I never wanted to hurt that bad. Mm-hmm. So I've chosen to never love that much. Now on the outside, that seems pretty sad. And when I explained to her, and we went through this exercise, she realized that she'd let this feeling take over her whole life. And today she's on a date. She went on a date today with this sense of joy and glee and openness that she is finally ready to deserve the happiness that life can give you. And that you, if you do love that deeply, you might hurt that deeply, but that that's life. So for you, what's your first memory in life? My first memory in life is I was four years old and I was waiting for public transportation with my mom and she was teaching me how to tie my shoes. Okay. What's your decision about life based on that memory? My decision about life based on that memory, family matters. All right. So that's a nice moment. Family matters. Now, Janie, are you married? I'm divorced. Okay. Um, And how many kids? One son, one son, nine years old. Mm -hmm. Very important to you, isn't it? Very important. Now, family matters is the first decision. And then five years later, your family is shattered. How did you deal with that when that moment happened? Eternalized it. We internalized it. That was how our family dealt with stuff. Got it. And so when you started dating, were you nervous or fearful based on the fact that you wanted love in your life, but maybe you chose somebody who wasn't perfect for you? You know, in those early years, just like the story just told, I didn't want to be married and I didn't want to have children. Because? The unconscious belief was I didn't want to have, I didn't want to be abandoned or I didn't want to be an abandoner. I didn't want to hurt. I didn't want to get too close. Exactly. And that is a shame at that age, but it makes total sense. And I don't know that therapies really easily identify that. It's, I would have totally gotten you out of that because it formulates all kinds of things in your head. So your husband, how old were you when you married him? We were 21, 22. I'm 44 now. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> Very young. Yeah. Okay. And so are you ready to be in love again? I am ready to be in love again. I absolutely am. <laughs> Why? 
Well, you know, a couple of things, you know, I healed one of the the quick stories with my um, ex-husband, who's a great co-parent with my son, was I married my dad, right? So we create this unfinished business, created the same story, and uh, but I changed a different ending. So doing some work and just really taking some time to understand how I got here, you know, with everything I thought I knew and having to take up those unconscious beliefs, do that mindset, inner child work body work, all that stuff. So I now know that I'm the prize, Forbes. And uh, and I'm the person who um, I have a lot of love to give, not only to give, but I'm um, ready to receive, but I'm not looking um, actively, right? So I'm focusing on my, I believe that when we're focusing on our, our mission and our purpose, we have to make room for love when they come about. <laughs> um, yes, you do. And I'm an absolute, and I know we've got two minutes for your break, an absolute advocate of that. I was married for a very, very long time and we, we lost the little boy that we raised uh, took a very devastating toll on both of us and kind of, and then we had two babies. So we co-parented, but we left, went in different directions. I built my career and, and it was hard. Uh, and those kind of disasters will shatter what could have been just wonderful. And then I went for a long time for nothing because I think, and maybe for you as well, that I focused on my children. I was always fearful that if you fell in love too soon, then I would have to divide. Where do I go for Christmas, their house or my house? And so for a long time, I put it off into my 50s. I don't know that I would recommend that or not. But when I was finally ready and opened the door, Mr. Wonderful actually four years ago walked in. And this is the hunk of the man who we see on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, I know we've got to take a commercial break. So I will, I will save those details for afterwards because I do want to love on him for a second. Yeah, I, I smile a lot. Well, uh, that that uh, certainly gives us um, hope, um, especially, you know, after our own healing. So we are going to take a quick break here on Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Forbes Riley and we're going to pivot a little bit and help us and have her help us live out our dreams. We'll be right back. Are you living day by day, nervous, in fear? or constantly feeling overwhelmed? This is probably due to an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders can develop from many different factors and can affect each and every person differently. Anxiety disorders can develop because of genetics, personality, stressful life events, and many other reasons. The Anxiety and Depression Association of America reports that more than 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety-related illnesses and anxiety is also considered the most common mental disorder in the United States. You don't have to suffer alone. Call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit lifecounselingsolutions.com today. Has your anger ever taken you somewhere you regretted? Have you ever said something in anger that you wish you could take back? Have you ever hurt anyone as a reaction of your anger, physically or emotionally? Let's face it, anger is a part of life. We all experience anger in our lives at some point. The question we need to ask ourselves is whether this has become a habit. What matters is how we deal with it. So, call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit OrlandoAngerManagement.com today. You are listening to Let's Talk About It with Dr. Janie Lacey. To reach the show today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to Janie at lifecounselingsolutions.com. Now back to Let's Talk About It. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. We are here today with our esteemed guest, Forbes Riley. And we were just talking about finding love after we have things that happen to us and our first marriages don't always survive, but the lessons learned. So we were, I was just talking about just a a man crushing over your man. I'll tell you what. Yeah, 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 to Instagram him. Well, number one, he is so jealous of Clubhouse that it's the sweetest thing in the entire world that he would be jealous of anything. So if you go to look at Joshua Self, S-E-L-F, I know, the ultimate selfie. When I first met him, I'm like, dude, there is no way that is your <laughs> last name. Um, and we actually met because of my belief in manifestation. And I believe it so much, I actually call it Forbesing it. Uh, Forbesing it means to manifest something, especially when no one else thinks it's possible. And so the question is, what have you Forbesed lately? And so I definitely Forbes Joshua. I had sat myself down and had one of my own conversations with me, which went something like one of my, one of my workers called and said, are you married? I'm like, uh, no, why? Because I don't see any love in your work. And I'm like, excuse me. I love everybody. And they love me. He said, yeah, you might, you want to, might want to take a look at that. And, and it's funny because you don't always look at yourself, which is why I recommend coaches and masterminds. And when you're in the coffee in your own cup, you don't see what you don't see. And I can distinctly remember looking at wedding photos and thinking, what idiots. That's a lot of money that they're wasting. <laughs> I think maybe that's probably not the right idea. Sure. And, and I sat down. I said, well, all right. So smarty pants, what would it look like if you ever wanted to get married again? And I thought, Pfft. and I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then I had to step back and say, why is it ridiculous? Don't you deserve to be happy? And a lot of my anger started to unwind. And I found myself saying, you know, what do you want? And I say this all the time, this question, what do you want? And I said, I I want a loving, amazing relationship. I want to walk the red carpet, which I get to do a lot with a partner that I've never walked with before because Max was not interested. And so I'd go to loan all these events. And then I went one step further. I'm a massive believer in vision boards. And I believe that when you visual something, it is, it's destined to come true because you make it come true. You start talking about it. And I will remind me, I'll tell you a moment about that that happened this weekend that speaks so loudly to my belief system. And so I started to put up pictures of Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber. And damn, he's cute and successful. And they get to hang out with George Clooney and her wife. I'm like, that looks nice, doesn't it? And then I looked at Laird Hamilton, who's one of the world time's greatest surfers, and Gabriella Reese, who's one of the fitness model surfers that I've known for years, volleyball player. And I would look at them on the red carpet. And then I looked at Tom Brady and, and Giselle Bunchen and thought, that's a good red carpet couple. And I put them all on my vision board. And I said, I want to be that couple. I want to be a power couple. And that's all I did with it. I didn't go on Tinder, didn't go to a bar. I went to a hotel room in Las Vegas to do my spin gym. And one of my videographers said, hey, do you want a two-time Mr. Arnold to come on over? I was like, really? Really? (laughs) Okay, fine. But two hours later, he shows up. And he showed up with a girl. Like, they both walked in. I thought, and he's younger than I am. I was like, okay. I made him take his shirt off. He's very hunky. But all the guys I meet are hungry. I'm a fitness professional. And I made him do my spin gym and we left. And then he started texting me on Instagram. And I thought, oh, gosh, really? How many times have you been texted on Instagram by somebody who wants whatever they want, especially if you're well-known? And we did this for a couple of months. And it got 
really fun and really interesting. And, and then at one point he said, are you looking for a boy toy? And I'm like, you're such an asshole. <laughs> um, and then he said, I, he said, I just wanted to test you. I'm like, why? He said, cause I'd really like to see you again. Like, okay, fine. And so eventually he comes out to Los Angeles. He actually drives in his motorcycle from Las Vegas. And I have this picture. Imagine, cause I know we're on radio, the ultimate Chippendale six foot two muscle guy who looks a lot like Captain America driving up to your house in a motorcycle, taking off the helmet, the leather jacket is like, and I'm like, where's the video? This is not happening. Where's the video camera? Cause dude, you are really, really handsome. And then I had a moment of clarity and thought, okay, wait, 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 it's you're here because I'm well-known or on TV or you're going to whatever. Cause that's what everybody told me is no watch out for him. And he came over to me and I was sitting on a bench and he said, you know, because I said, what are you doing here? I said, if it's a fun weekend, okay. And he said, no, he said, it's the funniest thing. I'm not really spiritual, but something told me that you need me. Got to tell you, that was a really good line. We spent the week together in Los Angeles and I took a picture of the two of us at the end of the week because his girlfriend's, his ex-girlfriend's dad had just died. He was going to leave. And I thought, oh, we just had a fun weekend. And talk about self-doubt. This was a really challenging time for me because you, I am a little older and you just, you're not quite sure what's real and what's not real. And I have been screwed over before, but there was something about this man that was so hard on his sleeve and so in love and like, just, I want you. I'm like, okay. And at the party, he got on his motorcycle and he was going to go to see her and her family. And I went home and there's a moment he's standing under the streetlight. And we both talk about this where I was walking to my car and I looked back at him and I was thinking, I'm never going to see you again, but man, that was so much fun. And he actually said that it was that moment when I turned around and looked at him that he knew that it's exactly what he wanted. Mm. And that was four and a half years ago. Uh, and it has been an absolute, if you go to Instagram and type in, you should do this too. You go love story X two. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we started taking pictures that looked just like Randy Gerber and Cindy Crawford on the red carpet. And I have an entire Instagram of the, these two people kissing and loving and falling in love and being loving. And I, I can't get enough. I mean, he grabs me and takes me and we take these photos and I'm like, Oh my God, that is what I said I wanted. And it's exactly, I mean, it looks even better because he, as he said, he makes me look better. <laughs> and it is an absolute Testament because one of the things on my list of what I wanted One of my girlfriends had a very handsome husband and she said, well, you know, I put on my list, I wanted someone who looks like he walked off the cover of a romance novel. Mm -hmm. I said, can I have that? Because the guys in their 50s, they don't really look like that. And it's funny because I tell the story because it's true. Like, man, that's crazy. So now I will say, fast forward, just because you're good looking doesn't mean your life is perfect. Let's get real about that. Okay. So last year, January 2nd, this sexy guy on a motorcycle is creamed by a kid in a car who shattered his foot, sends him into a coma in the hospital and puts him in a wheelchair for six months. Mm -hmm. Well, 2020 didn't start out very good for us, Mm -hmm. but it was interesting because as 2020 got into the middle of the year, when people were really suffering, Joshua got up because he's a champion. He's a world champion fitness competitor. And he said, I'm going back to the gym and I'm going to compete one more time for Mr. Olympia. And I'm like, Oh dude, you've lost all of you. I took a picture. I'm like, you look like a skinny, nothing but he has a very unique way of training and he just made that decision. Now, Dr. Janie, I got to tell you something. It was beautiful to have a front row seat to watch a champion 
rebuild his body, what he ate, what he thank, how he worked out, what his commitment was. And it is a testament to discipline and decision and commitment. And I'm like, dude, I, I had the front row seat to like the best story in the world. And he's going to compete in September. So knock on wood, we'll see how it goes. But he looks great. He's healthy. He's back. And I have great stories to tell. I was going to say, I think I just saw probably like two weeks ago, the two of you working out in the gym together. I would have never known that he, that that happened. Oh, you see that before and after photo and your jaw will drop. Amazing. You know, so, you know, with that being said, Forbes, you inspire so many people to live their dreams. I mean, you're inspiring me right now. um, And I'm so glad we got connected through the clubhouse, but who inspires you? Who inspires Forbes Rally? You know, that's a funny thing. My kids do. I look at my daughter and my son. I I don't need to be inspired. I'm wired this way. I'm on fire. I wake up every day and just want to get on Clubhouse. I want to talk to people. I want to move them. What inspires me, I inspire me. And no joke, who I've become and how I've lived through massive tragedy and come out the other side. And I don't have a whole lot of, uh, I don't have family at all. I have my kids and my husband and uh, I inspire me. The idea that I want to get up and keep going. uh, Jackson's, you know, Elaine LaLanne at 95. She inspires me. Uh, I stood next to her husband for eight years on the power juicer on an infomercial and we grossed a billion dollars. Jack would wake up every day, do his two hours of workout. He was always so freaking positive. And like, you know what? People need to know what I know. I live a better life and a happier life than almost anyone I've ever met. And I have story after story after story. So this weekend I did breakthrough. People in my breakthrough inspire me. So we talk about manifestation. If I can make people's dreams come true, it makes me very happy. I did a massive speech. I am the girl between Deepak Chopra, Les Brown, Damon John, and Jack Canfield. I'm the one in the middle. (laughs) Right. That inspires me going, girl, you go. That is so freaking cool. How'd you do that? That's right. Okay. And then from that, I got a lot of students in one of my trainings. And I'm very intuitive. And I listen very hard. As one little girl from Argentina. I felt her. I talked to her. She's in her sixties, beautiful blonde. reminds me of Audrey Hepburn. She was so beautiful. And she started to cry. And she'd said that she'd been screwed out of her life savings by a guy and her daughter's inheritance by this guy. And she was very sad and she cried in front of everybody. And you know, it's funny. I offered her to come to my breakthrough training as a gift. It's a thousand dollar training. And she showed up this weekend. Now we talk about manifesting. She's in the middle of Argentina. She is broke. She's going to get kicked out of her house and she's at the end of, she has no idea where to turn. She didn't ask me for anything, but the spirit allowed me to find her out of 100 faces on Zoom. We have class. And yesterday she says, she said, I think I want to leave my country. I want to live life somewhere else. I think I'm done with Argentina. That settles for a bit. And one of my girls, now it's very funny, Tina, her name is Tina and happens to be Argentina. <laughs> Tina chimes in and says, you know, I have a, an RV. I'm five-star rated and I, it's, it's open. There's no one booked for all of June and July. Please come and stay for free as my guest. Now that happens to be in Tampa, Florida, which is where I live. She's working on getting her visa right now so she can come and visit. How did wow. she manifest a free place to stay in Florida near me, her new mentor, for the entire summer? That's the universe at work. That's the power of manifestation. That's the power of believing when no one even thinks it's possible to speak your truth, to let it out there and to keep going. And that's part of what I think the universe rewards. And I know that you are a part of that as well. You feel it. 
I absolutely feel it. And, you know, there's, there's two huge nuggets that you shared that I want to pull out. I think it's important for us all to remember. One, you said that you inspire yourself. We should wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and be inspired by us. <laughs> I have not heard yes. it said it that way. And I just love that. And, and then the other thing, you know, is with the, the story of Tina is that she had to see it to believe it. So she even saw it and then she believed it. And here she is. It's, it's coming. It's, it's, in, it's in action. I mean, it's very, very powerful. So, I think so most people, when I ask them, they dream very small. What do you want? I want to finish my book. Really? Because I want my book to be on the New York Times bestseller list. Finishing it is part of the process. What do you want? I want to change. Somebody wrote, I want to change the world. Like, you want to change the world. You know, funny thing about that. Number one, the world doesn't need to be changing. Diapers do, but the world is fine. It's going to change anyway. And who do you think you are in the world that you think you're going to change it? Why don't you do like they say in airplanes and put your mask on first? What do you want? And it's really freaking hard to get people to say anything that they want. I want my business to be better. I don't know what that means. Better than what? Oh, I want my business to make more money. Here, here's a dollar. Again, that's more money than you had. (laughs) And I actually call this the Grubhub principle. Let's grow up and start asking for what we want and believing that we deserve to receive it. Hey, Grubhub. Yes, ma'am. What do you want? I'm hungry. I want some food. Yeah, that's nice. What do you want? Um... When was the last time you walked into a restaurant and said, just get me whatever you want in the back? Look at the menu and pick something. <laughs> I don't get what it is. Pick it. Hey, Grubhub. Yes, ma'am. What do you want? I want a Caesar salad, extra chicken croutons on the side. 15 minutes later, it's at your door. Caesar salad, extra chicken. How did they know? Because you told the universe or Grubhub what you wanted. So if you say, I want to fall in love, or I want to focus on my kids, or I want a thriving business that delivers clothes to whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. If you can articulate it, let's go back to the pitch. If you can articulate what you want, you will get it. And if that, and by the way, people, oh, I don't believe in that. Really? I don't believe in gravity. I guess it doesn't matter if I believe in gravity or not. It still works. So you can sit on the sidelines and say, I don't really believe in that manifestation thing. Nice. Have a rotten life and enjoy it. I, what am I going to tell you? <laughs> right, People who right. play with me and abandon those limiting beliefs and go for it, come back like, oh my gosh, could you believe what happened? And they tell stories. Of course I can believe what happened. I expect miracles. Expect miracles. I just love you for it. I love your directness. So <laughs> I'm gonna. I want to gleam from you while we have you because you're you're such wisdom. And whenever I hear you, and whenever we're we're on the same stages in um, Clubhouse, I just don't want you to stop talking. You gave so much value. But what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you wish you could have avoided or done differently, so that you know others that we can potentially avoid those pitfall pitfalls? What would you share with us? Oh, there's so many lessons. <laughs> One. You, whoever you are, are your prettiest when you're 20, 30, and 40. Don't mess it up. Even if you don't like how you look, you're not going to get any better. You're going to get older. (laughs) And I wish I had really known how pretty, and that was an important thing to me growing up because I had a broken nose and frizzy hair and braces. And then I got really pretty in my 20s and I kept looking at it, but I didn't believe it. I didn't own it. And I'm in Hollywood. So I get rejected a lot. So you're rejected because whenever you audition for something, You're not going to get everything. And I worked all the time, but I would focus on the ones I didn't get. Okay. That's not a smart thing to do. Um, Second thing is I wish I'd just known all the things I know now then that nobody cares about you. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. There's no such thing as embarrassment. They don't care. 
You can do anything you want, even the worst people in the world. Kim Kardashian, naked sex tape. Oh, God. (laughs) She's the most successful mother of four. Now, who cares? Who cares? And if you really ascribe to that, if you don't hurt people, Mm -hmm. but then, I mean, I have my students who won't do a Facebook Live. Oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so afraid of going live. Why? Oh, it has to be perfect. I'm like, well, come here a little closer. It sucked. (laughs) Even when you thought it was, there's no thing as perfect. What is perfect? What is per- so if you're not going to do it because you're afraid of it being perfect, it's like my ugly book is better than your no book. My speech where I jumped all over the place and whatever is better than your no speech. So get out of your own way. And then a couple of things I did learn. I learned a couple of great lessons. Two college professors. One, when I went to college, I was very smart. I was a straight A top of the line student, get, but I didn't get into an Ivy League school because my dad was in the hospital. And I had no extracurricular activities. I mean, I have a lot of money for college, but when I got there, I'm sitting in the room and I don't know if you remember those blue book tests you have to take where you write the mm-hmm. answers. Mm-hmm. Poli Sci 101, room full of 500 students, all listen to the professor, take the test. I know the answers are right. I get the test back. I'm 16 years old, by the way. And I have a big red C. Excuse me? I don't get C's. And every answer in the book is right. So I went down to the professor. I've always been a little bit pushy. I always stood up for what I believed was right. And so I said, excuse me, Professor Regenstrief, um, there must be something wrong here. Uh, every answer in that book is right. And he looked at me and said, he said, every answer in everybody's book is right. He said, you're at the University of Rochester. None of these kids got into an Ivy League school. And they all thought they deserved it. They're all pretty smart. And I'm like, okay. He said, see, we, cur- we mark on a bell curve. The big bell part, that's the C. That means everybody got it right. And I'm like, well, how do you get an A? Best thing I ever thought to say in my life. He said, the way you get an A, see all that bottom stuff, the extra reading and stuff, that's where the A lives. You have to be willing to do what no one else is willing to do to get what no one else gets. And that's an A. So my entire life, I have been willing to do what other people don't even think about doing. And that comes from how you handle your social media, to the kind of working out you do, to the hours I put in, to the depth of care, whatever it is, it's just not average. Absolutely. That has really served me well. And I totally feel that and hear that from you. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's a lesson that I just, it's one of those lessons. And I'm glad I learned it then because I don't think most people ever get that. And it was, if you want something, go to the end of the earth to get it. And by the way, let's go back to spin gym. There was a moment here when the U.S. Customs seized an entire container of these, did an inspection, cost me tens of thousands of dollars, found nothing wrong ultimately. But I ended up having to, with a group of eight people and a couple of magic markers and a box cutter, cross out a little, like, trademark infringement. Remember when it said DVD with a little DVD thing? Mm. Apparently somebody owns that in Japan. And my editor put it on our label, and we couldn't sell the product with that on it. And they were going to throw out 22,000 boxes of spin gyms with 44,000 DVDs. And when I finally got them to agree to let us slice open every box, every container, 22,000 times and cross this thing out 44,000 times uh, to save my inventory. And I videotaped this because it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. That's what it's talk about going to the end of the earth. A lot of people would have given up a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. I probably should have given up a couple of times, but I didn't have any intention of giving up. And so you find out what you're made out of. You find out why you're here, or you can just live a very moderate, mediocre life. And most people are very happy doing that. And I don't want to be the ones to disrupt them. 
The ones I want to help are the ones who say, is there more? Mm -hmm. Aha. Yes, there is. There is books to write there. In fact, there are things that you can do that you don't even realize. So this book and this book, how long does it take to get a book out into the world? Do you know? If you go to a publisher, they'll tell you it takes a year. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, this book of 820 pages, I started in September of 2020. It was done by November of 2020. Tons of celebrities in this book. And this book took us 18 days from the idea of One Habit for a Post-COVID World to having it in my hands and in Wales and in Australia. Ask me how I did that. Because you have to be willing to do what no one else is willing to do. To do what no one else is willing to do. So I have to ask you this because I'm curious your, your thoughts on this. So you know, on, on Clubhouse, there are so many, you know, your strength is in marketing. There is no doubt about that. You've paid your dues, you have the receipts, and you've paved the way and have helped so many along the way. So, you know, what are your thoughts, you know, as I know I've observed, and marketing is not is not my expertise, but there's so many people on Clubhouse, you know, that, that especially with the advancements of social media, that call themselves marketing experts, all these other things. And then when I go and look at their stuff, it's just confusing what I see. So, I'm wondering, as someone who, um, who's paved the way, who, who has the dues, has the receipts. I mean, what do you think about how social media has now created all these experts out here and, um, and are teaching other people things that it appears that they have not necessarily walked down the path themselves? I was trying to say well, that as you, nicely as possible. Well, <laughs> if you can put two and two together, then maybe they aren't such experts. <laughs> there are a lot of amazing people on Clubhouse, though. I'll tell you, it's Absolutely. really fun. Um, what I guess I didn't realize and think about it is how many successful people there are out there um, who have made seven figures in their business. Uh, my daughter is one of them. My daughter started a business in July of last year. She has not yet graduated high school and she just crossed over $503,000. Is she an expert? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. What does she know? Well, she hung out with a lot of the major marketing experts and understands funnels and systems and processes. And she's responsible for me actually being able to teach the way I am because I didn't understand all those things. And a lot of people don't. Um, I would be wary of anybody. You know, when you go to get your car fixed, how do you know you're at the right car dealership? Mm-hmm. So I've been, I have also been screwed out of a fair amount of money because I believed and I wanted to believe. Uh, here's, the, here's something you should never do. Don't pay up front for something you haven't gotten. It's not $5,000 at the beginning of a month. Don't do that. And I'm really firm about this. If anyone asks you for that, say, look, I'll pay you up front for the week. And then we have an accountability. But every time I've ever paid somebody that kind of money and you're tempted to, oh, there's so many wanting, you're like, oh, I want to believe if you charge me that it must be real. And then you don't get what you want. Be smart, check references, and uh, just really go for what you want. So pretty much vet people and uh, be in alignment. And you're absolutely, um, I love Clubhouse. There's so many people got introduced, including yourself, like love Glenn, Glenn Lundy, JT Fox, all of them, amazing people. You know, so I'm wondering for, for you and you think about your 21 year old self, I'm sure you've answered this question or thought about it along the way. I know we all have, you know, what would the Forbes rally of today tell her 21 year old self with all that she knows, all the experience that she's brought to who she is today? What would you tell her? Well, she was doing it back then. Let me tell you something. Little Forbes Riley was running around uh, going to ski resorts for free, being paid to go to ski resorts, helped create the X Games, uh, got herself in Broadway shows and movies and television. I would have just had a little, just say a little, have a little bit more fun because I had tremendous success my entire life, lots of up and downs. And I, I guess 
just to relax a little bit, to know that it's going to work out, that you're going to have kids and you're going to have a great life. Uh, but I've always had a lot of fun and I've always thought outside the box. And maybe I would have loved to have a little bit more social media back then because I was very, very alone in what I did. Mm-hmm. And it would have been nice to be a little bit more social. All right. Just have some fun. So the 21-year-olds, have some fun. Have some fun. <laughs> so a, a few, few other things as we uh, get ready to wrap up. But what are some of your greatest health and wellness practices that you keep part of your life today that we can glean from? Well, you know, I... I eat a certain way. I don't eat a lot of food. My grandmother's worried about not eating a whole lot of food. I've just discovered I've been on a lot of uh, fasts and cleanses and juicing diets and just don't eat things that are fried. Don't eat dairy. Don't be stupid. What you put in your body, you know, my Jacqueline always said, if man made it, don't eat it. Uh, strive to drink a lot of water and then move and enjoy. And just, you only get one body. If you screw it up, it doesn't get to come back. So I think UB Blake said, if I'd known at 95, I knew when I was going to live this long, I would have taken much better care of myself. So just basically just find out what food does, find out what sunshine does, what vitamins you need, and just live a productive, healthy life. And, you know, I have a couple of things that I live by. Number one, that you are the sum of the obstacles you overcome. So I can't take away anything that I've done in the past, good, better, and different. I wouldn't be here. And I know that. So I just, uh, you know, I think it's about loving yourself. I didn't love myself for a very long time. I didn't know that I was as wonderful as I am. So probably my late forties. And that was the biggest thing I would say to you guys that just look in the mirror. And this is a gift. This is not, you don't have to be here. You're a happy accident of some sperm and some egg that happened to come together and your parents. And when people say, that's not fair. Life is not about fair. There's no rule book that you go. You're not guaranteed anything. You are what you make it. So my advice is to lean in, step up and play a really big, fun game and love on others more than you would ever imagine. And Clubhouse allowed me to see that more than ever, that you really need to love on each other and yourself way more than we've been doing. Love on ourselves, and we are being here is a gift. We certainly want to thank you for being with us and for um, helping us really live in our dreams and get over those unlimited beliefs and telling us the difference between sailing and pitching. <laughs> and come visit me on a Sunday, literally go to Pitch Secrets Masterclass for two hours live while I'm still doing it. Uh, it's usually on a Sunday at five o'clock. We have a blast and come meet people who are up leveling and learning from the best. Well, I'm going to be there and we will definitely put that link there. You know, so the power of words enables you to supercharge your message to break through in four specific ways. And we've touched on that today, capturing people's attention, engaging people's emotions, creating the itch of curiosity and seducing the senses. Eat well. So what power will you unleash today with your message? Until next time, this is your host, Janie Lacey. Thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk About It can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Janie Lacey, for another edition of the show next week. 